0: Welcome to the SBCA podcast, Component Connection, looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields.
1: Oh, welcome, everyone. On today's podcast brought to you by the Structural Building Components Association, we are going to talk about solar powered robots. On the podcast today, we are joined by Joel Fleischman, president of Drexel Building Supply in Campbellsport, Wisconsin, and Jason Blinker, Drexel's off site solutions leader. These two gentlemen are going to share with us the journey Drexel has been on that has led them to a $27 million investment into a solar powered robotic component manufacturing facility. Joel and Jason, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, thank you. I'm super jacked. Thanks for having us on. Uh, You guys do a great job in your industry and and what we do together. So uh,
2: I'm really excited for this. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be back on the podcast, Sean. Uh, You guys do a great job getting the word out. So glad to be here. Oh, way to show off, Jason, to be back on. (laughs) Seriously, here we go. (laughs)
0: That's what the veterans
1: get to do. (laughs) All right, Joel, um, we'll ignore Jason for a second and start with
0: you. Uh,
1: The Drexel family uh, has owned their business. You guys started with four people in 1985 and have grown to employ over 600 people spread over nine locations. Can you briefly walk us through uh, the company's growth and that evolution?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My mom and dad started it as Campbell Sport Building Supply. Uh, We're a traditional building material retailer or lumber yard for a back, uh, lack of a better word. Um, in 1985 with uh, my mom, dad, two other people, I started here as a dollar an hour. Uh, I went away to be an English teacher and a basketball coach and, uh, got my degree in, in English and actually came back in 96 when we had about 12 people. And yeah, actually today, as of today, we have a little over 650 people. Uh, we are growing pretty rapidly. We've always grown about 20% a year. Um, but we always think, um, Bigger isn't better. Better is better. And uh, we've had great clients and, and an even better team to make that happen. So it's been great. We've only been in the uh, component manufacturing business for around four years. So uh, a little bit new to that game. Excellent.
1: Well, I, I, you know, I like that too. Better is better. I'm going to run with that mantra going forward. So, I mean, you guys have nine locations. Help me understand, like, where, where are you all located in Wisconsin? Have you spread out in the Midwest?
0: Yeah, it's uh, very, very uh, regionalized. I'm not much of a world traveler. Uh, That might be some of the reason why we haven't spread out. But, um, you know, we don't have dominant market share in any of our markets. Um, We like to think we do. I think a lot of us, I like to think that we have a lot of market share. I'm guessing we don't have as much as we always pray and hope. So we try to stay very, very focused with the customers we have. And we try to focus more on um, customer penetration of categories uh, versus selling. I was, you know, I'm old. All I'm a salesman at heart. Old sales selling is sell more to less customers, not less to more customers. So we do try to grow by category penetration with the clients we have, and we always are looking for new customers as well. Sure. So right here, right here in Wisconsin, to answer your question. Well, and and then you have nine
1: locations. I mean, when you add a location, are you, are you looking at? you know, just taking opportunities as they come? Or are you always out there looking, uh, for, for a new company or a new location to expand to?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's geography comes into play. I think that's important when you're looking for expansion, at least the way we do it. Um, in Wisconsin, at least there's three major Metro markets, uh, the Milwaukee market, the Fox Valley and Madison market. Um, so we kind of strategically went those directions through the course of, uh, our history, um, you know, in the in the other locations, it's very rural, so it's hard to have larger yards. Um, we operate, our yards operate at least of a $10 million yards to be efficient. So it's hard for us. I know a lot of yards run at one, $2 million yards and have satellites all over. At least for our business model, that doesn't work out so well. Um, so that's kind of how we strategically have done it. And we have done greenfield green sites or organic sites or new sites. Uh, and then we've also uh, acquired... Uh, Businesses that were in uh, turmoil, Uh, lumberyards that are going down aren't worth too much. So we've had some opportunities that way as well uh, through the years. The manufacturing locations, uh, trust systems, Steve Shemansky and his team's businesses, well, as Jason from Blinker was different. Uh, Those were successful manufacturing entities because we didn't know anything about manufacturing. So (laughs) it was better to get started with uh, industry leaders than um, starting that one from scratch or a distressed situation. Interesting. And, you know, very interesting, Sean, and maybe I ramble a bit, but that's I think okay. it's good for, for people listening to hear that is, you know, you got to be real careful. If you have a very strong culture, which I like to think we do, um, if you don't, that's okay. Uh, you know, pick on USLBM a little bit. They let the the local um, geography determine their culture and their business names and, and that sort of loosely. We have a very, very strong culture. We're a little bit more like Costco. All of our stores will kind of smell and Feel the same, but yet have some regional dynamics. Um, if you have a strong culture, just be careful buying a distressed business. Uh, understand it's going to be a culture shock to them. There's going to be a lot of quick and fast changes, and it's not going to be a, a profit center initially. You're going to have a lot of moving parts to get it the way you want to get it. That's totally good, but remember that there's a commitment there. Sometimes it's better to do a green site and have half of your team transfer to that greenfield site if you can. That's a much easier, scalable, less stress situation, but of course you don't have your any existing client base or anything like that either. So it works both ways. We've done both. Sure.
1: joe I, I like where you're going there. I mean, you guys have been around for 36 years. You've definitely weathered a lot of significant housing cycles, uh, and yet you've contributed you've continued to grow. Um I'm just curious, I mean, what what do you feel you do differently at Drexel than maybe some of the other uh LBMs that have come and gone in the Wisconsin market. I mean, how do you how do you continue to capture market share and expand the way you have?
0: Uh, super, super, super trendy and cliche. However, true, culture, 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 people, people, people. Um, it is not something we say to say it on a podcast. It's not something we tell our customers. It is something we believe in uh, strongly, strongly, strongly. It's the reason I work here. Uh, hopefully all of us work here. Um, you know our mission is to supply happiness. We have eleven core values I think and talk about them every day and I hope all 650 team members do the same. Um, and I think in our industry, to some degree that is sorely lacking in in many ways. Um, and we treat or try to treat our people like gold um, that old that old moxie of hey, you know, It's your, your team is, is more important to some degree than your clients. And I love my clients to death, but if you don't have a great team and don't treat them great, they won't, they don't, they won't treat your customers great. So we've been able to grow with great people, empowering them and letting them do their thing. And that's been, that's been everything.
1: All right. Well, Jason, uh, you've sat long enough. Let's, let's turn to you. And, uh, I mean, you also come from a family business that we've talked about in the past. Um, I know you and I have had a lot of conversations over the years about your passion for component manufacturing and and the vision you always had for your company. But in 2020, you merged with Drexel. Uh, can you talk about you know the opportunity that you saw with Drexel and why you knew uh, this this new arrangement would help you better achieve your vision?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. You know, Joel talked a lot about culture, and, and I think our Uh, That's kind of where the whole conversation started. Uh, You know, Joel reached out to me and and wanted to have a grab a cup of coffee, got to know him, got to know the Drexel team uh, and understand, you know, kind of where where his vision for the industry was. I think uh, we are very much on the same page when it comes to where where we think we can take this industry. Um, I think that was the biggest reason you know, that we decided to merge, merge with Drexel, our, our cu- cultures, our teams uh, were very much aligned. We also, I, I believed in having a very strong c- culture and putting our people, people first, people before profits and making sure that uh, we're doing all those things. So I think it, it was a great opportunity for us to grow and to be able to do things sooner than, than we could have on our own. So and then that's really what led us down the path to, to join forces.
1: Joe, you want to add anything to that?
0: Well, I think uh, the initial,
2: uh, it's always
0: initially weird. You know, I would go back to dating experiences, right? It's arch rival and you say, hey, let's get a cup of coffee. Uh, so that was a very interesting, unique thing. But I'm so glad I made the call. And i these people out here listening, if we can help them out at all, uh, if that's why they're listening is... You know, don't be afraid to make that call. Don't be afraid to make that touch. Be bold. You know, We didn't have a plan in place when I called him. I didn't have time to meet with him for coffee. I certainly know Jason didn't have time to meet for coffee, uh, but I'm forever grateful that he took that coffee. Later, later, I learned I'm obsessed with coffee. JC doesn't really drink coffee, so uh, <laughs> that was kind of funny in itself. But you know, here we are. So that was been really good. Well, I'm just I'm just curious,
1: Jason, uh, if you're not a coffee guy, do you be like, yeah, I'll meet you for coffee, but then we're going to go to the brewery
2: afterwards, I mean, that, <laughs> something that, like, that. like that. Yeah, and, that for, fortunately, yeah. Joel's a beer guy too, so we've we've had plenty of meetings uh, after that that involved good craft beer. So that was that was good. But yeah, we just continued the dialogue and. and and, you know it didn't happen overnight it was a slow uh conversation and, and many conversations before we made the decision uh to do it but it really came down to having a shared vision uh shared purpose and, and culture I think is is really what it came down to and uh knowing that we could work well together and, and do things uh, you know much more efficiently effectively uh together than competing against each other.
0: It was a natural synergy of both companies. It was—it's been the best merge we've had with all the companies that we've acquired or purchased through the years. Yeah, um Jason said that very well.
1: All right. Well, a uh, final question for you guys. You know, Drexel, and this is what I was alluding to in my introduction. Drexel announced recently that you guys are making a significant investment into building a new robotics uh, component manufacturing facility that is also solar powered. So, I, I want to explore this in a little greater depth uh, in the next podcast. But to end this one. I'm hoping you can tell us in a nutshell, sort of what was your motivation, uh, for pursuing this cutting edge technology? I mean, you guys were sort of on the same page, as you said, about your, your culture and, uh, your approach to business. How did you arrive at this decision and, uh, you know, what, what were the sort of the big motivating factors there?
0: You know, for me going back for four years, I'm, our, our industry needs change. It needs a shake up. We all know that, um, I'm not a trust guy, right? So I didn't grow up in this industry. I have been doing it 20 years. and never swung a hammer. I never used my tech. Um, but looking at the industry outside in and touring trust facilities and component facilities, um, they're saying, Hey, check out our automated facility. And I walk in and everybody's using a hammer with a large labor staff. And I'm like, what? Um, huh? That's not automated. That, that doesn't, that's not components. That's, that's just the guy and, and girls, uh, wonderfully talented, um, up on a deck, well, no, it's automated. Like, no, it's not. And then you actually see robots and you see what they can do um, from efficiency and scale. It's a dollar investment, of course, and it's a risk because, right, the industry can go down. So I get it. And I think every component plant right now is profitable if you're not. You probably have bigger issues than to listen to this, this simple podcast, but um, it's the future. So if you're going to invest in it, why would you invest in a old car when you should be buying a new car? I mean, to me, when we looked at more expansion, I was like, why would you buy an I4, iPhone 4 when there's an iPhone 13? Um, I felt like we were going backwards if we didn't use the latest technology out there, which is unbelievable. And and to me, it's past the point of the tip of the spear. Um, I, we don't want to be Katera and I actually thank them for all the investments they put into our industry. Um, but I think it's a little bit past that. I don't think we'll be inventing the wheel as we go up there. It's there. We just have to execute the plan now. Been great support from, from that, from the teams that we've worked with.
2: Yeah, I, I think you hit it exactly on the head. I think we recognize that use people for what people are really good at and use machines and automation for things that they are good at in, in terms of repetitive tasks and heavy lifting. Uh, and, and we're not doing it to eliminate jobs or uh, not have people. It's just take advantage of, of the tools and the technology that, that's available because, Um, you know, this industry can get disrupted from people that are already in the industry. It takes a a big commitment and a big investment in uh, not only a monetary investment, but an investment in your people to retrain and retool uh, to be able to do it. But um, I think there's a huge opportunity for us to to take advantage of that and show people what offsite manufacturing is all about. Because I, I think some of the it's been done for a long time, but people have failed along the way. And, and now I think we're turning that corner in making technology better for everybody in the industry.
1: I mean, what I hear you guys saying is that you don't view robotics as something of the future anymore. It's something of now. It is, it is the pneumatic gun. It's the best tool available to get the job done. So it just
2: makes sense to use it, Right. Absolutely. I mean, we went, we went from horses to tractors and tractors with people on it to now autonomous tractors that are out planning fields. So take advantage of the technology that's out there.
1: Excellent. Well, guys, uh, I want to thank you so much for being on this podcast. It's been very insightful. Um, and I, I look forward to our, our continued conversation in the next
0: podcast.
2: Thanks for having us on Sean. It was great to be here. I feel like we just tapped the surface. So
0: it's like a first drink. Awesome. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SPCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use most. That way you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. And again, speaking of our next podcast, Joel and Jason and I are going to continue our discussion on Drexel's decision to invest in tomorrow's technology as they said today.
0: This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to
2: podcast at sbcacomponents.com.